Welcome to a new conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. In this season of the podcast, we're exploring eight building blocks of a multi-purpose retirement. And the first four are foundational. Think of them as core courses. These are things you want to concentrate on and get right. And the four are wellness, learning, relationships, and fun. In recent weeks, I noticed that a number of my clients were mentioning the same thing, that they had started a new activity this month, and they had the intention of it helping in one of those categories, but it turned out to be a twofer, meaning they got benefit in two. Today, we're talking about a potential twofer for you, one that can help you with learning and fun. Here's the quick backstory on how this episode came about. I'm in Boston, usually once a month, sometimes twice, for different reasons. But the main reason is we're visiting our granddaughter, who will turn two in two months, which has flown by very quickly. But I'm always going to the gym when I'm there, and I walk by a sign that invariably gets my attention and piques my curiosity. It says, Road Scholar. And I haven't gone on any of their learning adventures yet, but I thought it was a good time to find out more and see if this is also of interest to many of you. Joining us today is Kelsey Canadler Perry. She's the Public Relations Director at Road Scholar, the nonprofit world leader in educational travel for older adults. She's worked in travel and tourism throughout her career, and she's been with Road Scholar since 2016. There, she has developed her skills in and knowledge of communicating with and marketing to adults over 50 who age adventurously. She has special expertise in digital communications, social media, and public relations. She holds an MFA in creative writing and lives in Providence, Rhode Island. Also joining us today is Carrie Bennett. Carrie is a retired marketing professional from Northern Arizona University who lives in Flagstaff, Arizona. Since retiring, she's become an avid traveler, volunteer, and lifelong learner. She's been on seven learning adventures around the world with Road Scholar, including her most recent, a service program on Chincoteague Island, Virginia. She also volunteers for Road Scholar as an ambassador, helping spread the word about the organization's mission through in-person presentations and events. Let me start, Kelsey, with you. Kelsey, could you tell us about the origins of Road Scholar and its mission? Yeah, of course. Well, we were founded in 1975 as Elder Hostel, actually. A lot of people might remember that name more than even they know Road Scholar. But when we were founded in 1975, it was a different format. So. The original idea was to take older adults to college campuses in the summer when they weren't being used and they would stay in the dorms and they would take classes in the lecture halls and they would eat in the dining hall. And so it was really more of like a back to campus type experience for older adults. And we've really evolved over those last 50 years into more of an educational travel organization. So, you know, our mission always has been and always will be education. So everything we do is about learning. But now our programs are more a mix of classroom learning and experiential learning. So not just lectures in a a lecture hall. You're staying in a hotel room. You're not staying in a a dorm anymore, which is nice. And so we've evolved into being more of an educational travel organization. But like I said, everything we we do still is about learning and education. One thing that surprised me was that you're nonprofit. It is. It's very unique in the travel industry, for sure, especially in this demographic of, of serving older adults. And it again, it just always comes back to our mission and the fact that everything we do is all about learning. We don't build in these huge profit margins as compared to like a traditional commercial tour operator. So, you know, when you travel with Road Scholar, you're really getting what you pay for. 
and you're going to be there to learn. You're not there to sit on a beach and read a book or to go shopping. You're there to learn. And that's really what it comes down to. But we also offer financial aid. We offer caregiver grants for full-time family caregivers. We have a scholarship for retired educators. So there, that's also part of you know our whole nonprofit thing. So, And how would you describe the offerings? Yeah. So when you're traveling with Road Scholar, it's a group travel experience. So you enroll in your program, you show up the day of, and everything is pretty much included. So your hotels, your meals, all of your activities, you're going to have a group leader that's with you for the whole, the extent of the trip who takes care of all the logistics. And then you'll also meet with what we call instructors along the way who are local experts in whatever the topic is that you're learning about. And again, everything you do is about learning. So you can actually go on our website. We have thousands of programs. So you can filter by what you want to learn about, whether it's art history or photography or pickleball, or you can filter by activity level based, you know, if you're looking for something that is more classroom based, or if you want more active outdoor national park type learning. And we have programs from four days to four months, and we even have online programs as well. So there's really something for everybody. And there really are an incredible, there's an incredible amount of of programs that are there. Could you share a few examples of upcoming trips? Sure. So we have programs in uh, almost 100 countries and almost 50 states as well. All We're on all seven continents. So again, you can filter by interest, activity level, destination, price range. We really have something for everybody all year round. But I can tell you kind of what's popular with our participants, some of the most popular trip types and destinations. So Our national parks programs are really, really popular. So we have lots of walking and hiking programs, both in national parks and other destinations. We also have a collection called Signature Cities, where you go to one specific city and you you just spend five nights, six days there. You really delve deep into that city. So you don't have to switch hotels. You're learning all about the history, the culture, the food, the people of that city. So those are Signature Cities. Those are really popular. And then I would say for destinations, this year, our We choose a campus of the year every year is what we call it. So we pick a destination that's really popular. This year, Costa Rica is our campus of the year. So that's really, really popular. Last year, it was Italy, also a really popular destination for us. Ireland's really popular. We also have been going to Cuba for longer than any commercial tour operator because of our educational mission. So Cuba is really popular with our participants as well. And then looking at the US, I would say New Orleans was our campus of the year years back. Um, Florida is really popular. And then I would say probably the Southwest is kind of the next. But yeah, we we have programs all over the map. And then we also have grandparent programs too. So you can travel with us either with three generations with your children and your grandchildren or just you and your grandchildren. So lots of different options. That got my attention as a still relatively new, new grandparent. But I also noticed that it's not just couples who go on your trips. There are a lot of solo travelers, including women who leave their husbands at home, which my wife has done probably about three or four times on different times. Uh, <laughs> uh, what trends are you seeing in terms of who's going on these trips? Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations on becoming a new grandparent. <laughs> when your grandkids are old enough, you should come bring them on trips with us. But yeah, so 30% of our solo, of our travelers each year go solo. We have seen that trending upwards. We're, we've seen more solo travelers in general over the past 10 years. of those solo travelers are women. So a lot of our participants are solo female travelers, but you will see, and Carrie can speak to this later, you'll see a mix of couples, solo travelers, friends who are traveling with other friends, siblings traveling together, parents uh, with their adult children, also 
people who came as solo travelers on a past trip and then they met somebody on a trip and then they went on a trip together. Again, we see that a ton as well. But anecdotally, I had really been hearing, I manage our social media, so I, I get a little ear into what people are talking about there. And I really had started to hear more anecdotally that there were a lot of married women who were traveling with us without their husbands. And I just thought that was really interesting. So I was like, I want to get down to some actual data on that. So I did a study and we looked at both data that we had in our system as well as doing a survey. And what we found was that at least 60% of our solo travelers are married people who travel without their spouse on Road Scholar programs. So 60%, that's really, I was really surprised by that. It was, it was more than even I expected. So, and so we surveyed them. And the number one reason that they said that they travel without their spouse is because their spouse is just not interested in travel. So, you know, that's really interesting. So I think what we're seeing as far as a trend is these married folks traveling solo. We're definitely seeing more interest from women to travel in general, but also to travel solo. And I think this is really a mark of the generational shift. You know, two thirds of the participants that we're serving now are, are baby boomers. And so I think it's partially that baby boomer women are very independent, but also society is kind of in this moment, this place that quote unquote allows women to just have more independence in general. So it's, I think we're just, it's kind of the moment we're in, it's the generation we're in. And for me as, as a younger woman, you know, I just find it really empowering to see all these women just being like, I'm not going to let this guy hold me back. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see the world. And traveling with Road Scholar is a great way to do that because you do have that kind of security blanket of being with a group. So you're not totally by yourself and you have the opportunity to meet other people, to have those social experiences but you don't have to be totally alone. And so it's not so overwhelming, so overwhelming to, you know, leave your spouse at home and go see the world. So. I have a feeling I'm going to hear about this part of the podcast. At home. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. It's really very interesting and really resonates. And because I am a new, relatively new grandparent, I want to circle back to that if I could, because you got my wheels turning. What are you seeing with people doing intergenerational learning adventures together? Yeah, so we've been doing our intergenerational program since 1985. So I, I think we were kind of a little ahead of our time. And I think family travel is, is popular where you're traveling with kids and parents, maybe even grandparents. But our grandparent and grandchild programs, I think, are what's really unique that sometimes in the industry is called referred to as skip gen. And so those are just really, I think, special. When I first started working at Road Scholar, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I can't even, I come from a family of 14 grandkids on each side of my family. So I never really had like a one-on-one experience, especially travel experience with my grandparents. And I just think that would have been just the coolest thing ever to be able to share something like that with just my grandparents. So what we're seeing as far as they've definitely become more popular over the, the past 10 years. COVID kind of set us back with everything in general, but also with family travel, it really set us back a little bit. So we're not quite up to the numbers we were before COVID. I would say our family programs with the three generations are recovering a little bit faster than our grandparent, grandchild programs. I think there's just still a little more hesitance with traveling just with you and your grandkids. So they're coming back, just not quite back to the numbers that we're at before COVID, but definitely we've been seeing the, the interest increasing over the past 10 years. And it's just a really, they're really special experiences. It's about 10% of what we offer. So it's, it's small, but when we have 80 to hundred thousand travelers a year, so 10% is still a lot in numbers. Great. Thank you so much, Kelsey and Carrie. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks for joining us as well. And I'm Thank curious you. about your experience with Road Scholar. Sure. Um, so I've been traveling with Road Scholar since 2017. 
I've had an outstanding experience every single time. I've been on several trips, including a trip to the Greek islands. It was almost two weeks. I think oh, no, it was more than two weeks. A trip to the Amalfi Coast of Italy, then to Yellowstone and Yosemite and Utah, the coast of Virginia. And every single experience has been fun, adventurous, and educational uh, at the same time. And I have a trip coming up next month to the Baja Peninsula in Mexico to see the gray whales migrating. So I'm really excited about that. I know I've had a great, great time with Road Scholar. What a great list of trips. Thank you. So what surprised you? Great question. I think when I first went on the first trip, I was really surprised at the depth of knowledge that the local experts that Kelsey mentioned um, had about destination. And that was the first trip I went on was Moab, Utah. And then I you know, went to Yellowstone after that. And succeeding trips have been the same level of knowledge that the experts bring to the trips. I think I didn't realize how educational it was going to be. I learned so much and I love lifelong learning is a you know huge goal of mine. So just like learning so much, I was, I think I was surprised to the extent to which I think every detail of every program was nailed down. You know, they had everything was planned out really well, not to the point where you feel like, you, you know, you have to do every little thing and you don't, but uh, I felt like it was all planned so well. And executed so well that every hotel stay, every meal, you know, it was all they had it all figured out. And that's what's so nice. I mean, I have I'm a solo traveler, by the way, and I have been on many trips by myself, completely by myself, and other than Road Scholar, and just having a group of people to travel with and have all the details nailed down has been just so wonderful. You mentioned the educational part of this. Looking back, what would you say you've learned from the most? Oh, wow. Well, when I was in college, I studied Greek and, and Roman art history. So like going to the Greek islands, I learned so much that kind of added to I me. Mean, now it's been a long time since I was in college, but actually seeing the Parthenon, actually seeing the, the marble statues that we had studied, um, it just brought it all back. And it was like just I can't even describe how great it was to do that. But I've learned, you know, on every every program, learned something. And, you know, you learn about the culture and the local culture, and it may not be what you thought it was going to be. Or, you know, it's just that the people are so expert at, at sharing these things. So, and if you were interested in something else, like birding or kayaking or sports, you know, you'd have many choices for programs that would allow you to to learn more about them as well. So I think I just learned a lot on every single trip about something. So you mentioned experts, and that made me think of a trip that I went on with my wife, one that she allowed me to go on with her and her international adventures. And we were with a biblical scholar in Italy, and I saw the value of it a couple of places, but especially when we went to see the Sistine Chapel and oh. had his knowledge really was so valuable in, in enhancing the experience. But I'm curious, what your, your experience has been, what's it like traveling with these experts? What are the benefits of having an expert guide you? Well, I, I'm one of those people that I'll stand up front because I want to hear every word and, and they have lots of different ways to help you make sure you, you hear everything. But I think, let's see, we were on the Amalfi Coast, for example, on that trip. 
Uh, we went to Pompeii and we spent the whole day in archaeological site of Pompeii. And they had hired a local expert to come in. And she knew like inside and out, every mosaic, every wall of that place, she knew what we were looking at, what it had originally been. So we she led us through on this tour. And you can go on a tour all by yourself, other than Rhodes Scholar, if you're just a tourist going there. But having her there gave us kind of the inside scoop, kind of the inside picture. And that has really been true on every every trip. And I want to go back to Yellowstone for a minute because we had experts who knew where the wolves were and the grizzly bears. And we'd be driving along in these wonderful, we have those vans with the, the windows on top, like you do when you go on a safari in Africa. So on this safari, like the expert would say, oh, I see a grizzly bear. He's about two miles up on that hill, up on that mountain. And we'd be like, we can't see that. And he'd stop and they'd, we'd get out the, the scopes and he'd have like scopes for everybody. And we would look and like, sure enough, there was a grizzly bear up there where he said there was, or a wolf or something. And we were in the Lamar Valley and the wolves were amazing. And so it's just that, that feeling you get is something you can't duplicate you know in, in normal life this is something like you're out there sure you could go any of these places on your own but having these like local top experts just gives you just this amazing educational experience while you're there it's really fun i would definitely want to know where the wolves and the grizzly bears are <laughs> yes very, very valuable so if someone listening is intrigued about this idea of a learning adventure with road scholar what advice would you offer them? I would say go to roadscholar.org. First of all, you can sign up for the newsletter there, but you can also look at these thousands of trips. And I, I have a lot of experience in marketing and, and website development. I have to say their website is awesome. You can search on any keyword term that you can think of. If you want to look at photography or birding or whatever floats your boat, look it up. You'll find many trips probably with that word in it in any, any destination you can think of. I think that's the best first step. I know there are phone numbers you can call. They're also on the site, so you might want to just call and, and get their print catalogs. But really, the website is the best way to find trips, in my experience. And, and they're also on social media. So if you are on Facebook and you want to uh, look them up, take a look. As Kelsey said, she and her team manage all that. So it's it's really a great way to find out what they're offering. So spend some time. You know, you're going to take some time and look look through their offerings because it's just a huge range of things. You're going to be amazed. It's a big world and there's a lot to learn. That's right. The possibilities are, are endless. And Carrie, thank you for sharing your experiences. Kelsey, thank you for making us much smarter about Road Scholar and the possibilities for learning adventures. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Time for our takeaway segment. A few ideas to help you Take action following this conversation today. I hope you've noted your own, but here are a couple that I'd suggest. Number one, are you ready to age adventurously? This phrase jumped off the page to me in Kelsey's bio and it reminded me of a conversation we had in the podcast last year with Stephen Covey's eldest daughter, Cynthia Covey Holler, on their book, Live Life in Crescendo, posing the question of how do you want to live the second half of your life? And I think learning and adventure are key parts of the future. So how do you want to approach aging adventurously? Number two, who's going with you? One thing I was really struck by in the conversation today was the variety of options of how people are using 
the Rhodes Scholar Adventures, solo travel, skip-gen travel, family combinations, friends, etc. So what's the right mix? Who do you want to travel with? And I hope you go to their website. It's amazing to look at the number of offerings they have. They'll pique your curiosity and sense of adventure. Thanks for listening to Retirement Wisdom Podcast. Our mission is to help you retire smarter by focusing on the non-financial side of the retirement equation. Thanks for listening.